You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like that. Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go. And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy Duddies. Now, swag. Here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Horsin' Around Week 5 post-game edition. Again, kind of like the last couple weeks, not a very happy post-game edition here. Andrew Mason of DenverBroncos.com and Orange and Blue 760 joined, as always, after the games by my co-host on First and Ten at Ten, or one of them, along with Steve Atwater, Ryan Edwards. And uh, look, let's just cut right to the chase. I don't think there's much use looking for positives in this game. No, I mean, you know, there's there's going to be a few things that you you take out of it, but in, in the end, you know, when your defense gives up 323 rushing yards, uh, you're right. I mean, that that's I mean, you just got blown off the ball. Uh, not to mention the fact that you got outdueled by a rookie quarterback and Sam Darnold. I mean, sure, his completion percentage wasn't great, but uh, ten completions, 198 yards, three touchdowns, the one pick. Uh, he was, I mean, especially at those deep balls, he was sensational today. And uh, you know, I, I think what what ends up coming out of this game really is is kind of more questions than answers about this team. It it feels a little bit like a leaky boat at times. You know, just when you think you're figuring something out on this team, uh, something new springs up and uh that's where they're at right now uh coming out of this game yeah I think that's a great analogy to use because I think that's where you can start with the run defense because that was something that prior to this week you thought was a reliable component of the Broncos defense even last year when they were going five and eleven they still had by some metrics the best run defense in the NFL and until the last two games had kept that up going into this year. But it sort of reminds me of how the Eagles game was last year, how the dam just burst and it went all at once. And that's what that felt like today for the run defense, just the tackling went, uh, the fits were awful, and it just went all in one fell swoop. And against a team that was struggling to run the ball in its first four games. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think Isaiah Crowell, if I remember correctly, last week didn't even have a yard rushing. Uh, he he struggled so uh, so bad last week. Uh, as I'm looking at uh, his game log, yeah, he had four attempts for zero yards against Jacksonville, and then he comes out 15 for 219, averaging 14.6 against the Broncos. And uh, I mean, you you knew what they were going to try to do. I think that's one of the more frustrating parts about this game is you knew what the Jets were going to try to do. You knew that it was going to be running to set up the pass, and they were going to be dedicated to it. 38 rushing attempts today. I, I mean, what what they did ultimately was wasn't that surprising it was really the the broncos inability to stop at any level you mentioned the tackling was a big part of that uh the the scheme at times it seemed like uh they they were maybe a little bit out of position i I mean i'm gonna go back and watch it again and and kind of get a better idea but i mean you know for, for the running i think that's the most frustrating you know you understand that hey you know robbie anderson uh, he the, the first touchdown pass uh, was on Roby, of course. Both of them were, but uh, the first one was uh, 
he just he just absolutely burned him. The second one, you know, Roby was kind of with him there, and uh, you know, so you kind of wondered there if, if he, maybe there should have been more help at the top because again, Robbie Anderson, that's his route is the go route, and that I mean. It's tough because you come out of this game, like I said, with a lot of questions and you start to wonder really about whether the message is getting through to the players because they're just clearly not executing it. I think that that's very well put. And it was interesting to hear Adam Gotz's talk in the post game in the locker room. And he mentioned, you know, hey, they weren't getting that many yards up the middle. They were coming on the outside. They didn't, hit, they they didn't hit nothing up the middle. Yeah, you know? that's, that's true. Yeah. You know, they might have given a few yards up the middle, but a lot of that, you know, he's, he's running a toss one way, stops yeah. and runs at 70 yards the other. You know, that's just, that happens, you know. We've got to get numbers on the ball. You know, if he's going to sit back there and dance around, we've got to get dudes on him. You know, we can't miss tackles. If he's going to sit back there, dance behind the line of scrimmage, can't miss tackles. You know, we've got to get him in negative situations there. We can't let a negative, you know, toss that we cut off going that way turn into an 80-yard run. You know, yeah. what? What's that? You know, that's that's terrible. So I don't think he was inaccurate. I mean, most of the plays were bouncing to the outside, but certainly this is a defense that right now appears to be splintering. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. And and that's what you got from a lot of those comments in the locker room between Derek Wolf and Chris Harris. A, a lot of ultimatum sounding kind of moments, really, from all of them. Uh, sort of like we're going to find out, you know, who really wants to be here, kind of stuff. And uh, you know, that's. Uh, it, it's ne- it's never really a good place. I mean, we, we see the Broncos uh, at times splinter in the locker room, whether it was offense and defense. And uh, I mean, you know, we've we've seen a keep to leave uh, shoving uh, special teams as they're coming off the field. But I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things that it, it's just nothing really generally ever comes from those sorts of things, except for maybe if they can find a way to galvanize and they can they can build around. Okay, well. You know the, the leadership in that locker room can find a way to somehow pull this thing together and, and get back on track. But uh, you know, you you go with the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball still uh, uh, just kind of. I, I'm so beyond frustrated with the use of the running backs. Philip Lindsay, 12 carries. Royce Freeman, five carries. They they averaged 5.4 yards, Mace. I mean, on on the ground and. I mean, you, you were trailing by a couple of scores through a good portion of this game. And, you know, the Jets didn't pull away till late. You had plenty of opportunity to stay with the run. And they just avoided it like the plague. And I, and I don't really know why. Well, I think sometimes when you have a run or two here and there that goes for a loss of one, a loss of two, sometimes human nature kicks in and say, okay, well, that's not working. We can't go back to it. But that's not how a good running game works. A good running game works because you stick with it and you play the long game with it. Go back to 2015. You know, sometimes the Broncos, I think, frustrated a lot of fans watching because they persisted with the running game, but they kept at it and they were generally a stronger team than their opponent down the stretch of games more often than not that year because they kept probing. They kept pounding with that running game, even if it was resulting in no gain, uh, loss of one. It was setting up second and long. Usually those no gains or losses of yardage became gains of four or five gashing gains toward the end of the game, and you could wear out an opponent. This team, what it does best on offense is run the football, but that doesn't always mean every carry is going to be for four or five yards. No. But in the end, just like it was last week when you're averaging, you know, they average over seven yards per carry against the Chiefs, average over 5.4. That, that's an effective ground game. And it, it, it just 
they just stay with it. And when you say Royce Freeman's going to get more touches and he gets five carries for 31 yards, yeah, I I, I just don't get it. That's and six yards a carry. Again, yeah, right, right, six point two yards per carry, and I just don't I just don't get it. You know, so I mean, we're we're going to come into uh, you know Vance Joseph's press conference uh, on Monday and. I mean that's gonna that's gonna have to be one of the questions. I mean, there's a lot of questions on defense, and there's no no doubt about that. I mean, they're 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 in a bad way right now. There's no there's no denying that. However, um, on the offensive side of the ball, the play calling, uh, the play selection, Case Keenum is looking really uncomfortable in the uh, the back. You know, when when he's when he's going back to pass, uh, he's holding the ball. His his pocket presence. You know, this is one of the things that we said that we loved about Case Keenum from his time with Minnesota is his anticipation of the rush. Is, it, it's not the same. I, and I don't know if it's because of this offensive line, because of some concerns. Uh, Garrett Bowles, I know, left intermittently a couple times uh, during this game. I know he ended up having, I think, an ankle injury. Yep. But, uh, boy, I, I, I think that's a that's a big concern there too is that case keenum um even with the the padded stats of 377 yards he did not anticipate the rush as well today yeah and that's three games in a row now that he's had some issues with the pass rush but look there are things that you can do to take the edge off of a pass rush one of them is run the football and another thing is get the screen game going there were some attempts at that today getting the ball to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in space. Lindsay had 20 yards on three catches. Freeman, 16 yards on three catches. And Devontae Booker had a nice play late and had 59 yards on five receptions. But these are things the Broncos are going to have to persist at. Look, you've got some good receivers, and that's well and good. But right now, the strength of the team is in the backfield. And if they're going to get out of this funk... They've got to use those guys going forward, especially next week against the Rams, who are capable of beating you in any way, shape, or form with their offense and have a defensive front that can generate so much pressure. They don't need to blitz to get in the backfield. You've got to do things that take the edge off of their rush, and it starts with utilizing Lindsey and Freeman to their maximum effectiveness. I mean, it's, it's the strength of your team. I mean, you know, if you like right now, Mace, I mean, we're, we're trying to lean on some things like what do you do well? You know, it kind of reminds me from office space. What do we what do you do well here? You know, or like, like what do you say you do here is, is more of the appropriate quote. And and so for me, that's that's this moment is like, what do you you say you do here? And it's like you're, you're a team that has an offensive line that's built to run. You have rookie running backs that are performing well ahead of what most people expected them to do. Do it. Just 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 work with the run and and when when uh, an opponent shuts that down inevitably okay by then you'll you'll have gotten some timing down with the pass and and because they're selling out and putting eight in the box and trying to slow down the run some lanes are going to open up for your star wide receivers that by the way Demarius Thomas five catches on six targets today for 105 yards and a touchdown and I know that that uh, 42 yarder came in garbage time but I mean the, the point is is he's making those catches and he, he's been on track for the last couple of games and and, and, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, we know he wants the ball. He keeps saying, I want the ball more. And, and now you're working in Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, look, it, it, I, look I don't, I'm not saying they're close. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a couple of tweaks. But the, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I'm looking at this box score and I'm saying, okay, well, you were running the ball. You stopped. I don't know why. And then you decided to throw the ball a ton. Now, Case Keenum threw a late interception, but even then you still won the, the turnover margin in the end on this game. There was just so many ways 
besides uh, again being gashed by the run for 323 yards that they actually had some some decent moments today but it just it wasn't enough and you still got blown out so uh, there's things to build off sure but it's, it's going to have to take the, the coaching staff to take a look in the mirror and say well what are we and, and what do we what do we do well here and and then try to build off that and you're absolutely right man the rams game is a perfect example if you if you do what you did well first of all todd Gurley is more than capable of doing just as much if not more than isaiah crowell and Bilal Powell. but if you if you go out there and play this kind of game you're, you're going to get boat raced in front of your own fans yeah isaiah crowell i cannot believe we're having this discussion saying that he had the highest per carry average for a single game in nfl history for anyone yep. with at least 15 attempts my goodness, yeah. that according to Elias Sports, also a Jets single-game record. And it's not like the Jets have been totally devoid of running backs over the years. Matt Snell, Freeman McNeil, Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin's a Hall of Famer, for crying out loud. And Isaiah Crowell beat all of them today. Yep. Yeah. And that, but that, that should tell you. I mean, it, it's not a fluky. But what's funny is it's not really all that fluky because you knew what they were going to try to do. That the Jets, as what Brandon Marshall told us, say that you know it's pretty vanilla, it's pretty meat and potatoes kind of with their offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to you know Sam Darnold's not going to do anything crazy or tricky. They didn't do anything crazy or tricky. No. I mean they, they ran the ball. They, they they threw the ball. They only completed ten passes in the game, and um, that was I mean obviously more than enough. Uh, in, in for the Broncos, I mean Sam Darnold really wasn't asked to do a ton in this, and again he threw that late touchdown uh, pass that ended up being, I mean to Terrell Pryor, which didn't need it. The, the game was was effectively over, but for, for the Jets, I mean they they got they had a get right game against the Broncos, and that that's tough. I mean when you're a team that prides yourself and thinks that you're you're better than that, and to have a a performance like that on the road, I, like I said, I, I know people are going to be freaking out this week. They were already freaking out on Twitter. I was on with Mike Rice. They're freaking out there. Yeah, I, I think it's justified. What I think is going to be fascinating uh, on top of all of this is you're trying to get ready for maybe the best team in the NFL <laughs> is the, the potential of change. And that's something that that's going to be floated around. It's going to be asked to Vance. It's going to be asked to John. And uh, it's something that the Broncos are going to absolutely have to deal with. Yeah, the potential of changing. You imagine that any changes and tweaks are more likely to be instituted this week rather than next week because that's a short week going into Arizona and you really won't have anything resembling normal practice that week going into that game. So you're trying to make changes, I think, right now. And also, look, you're trying to make changes to save the season because at 2-4, and four, that puts you squarely behind the eight ball. I mean, we talked about the need to maybe be four and two after six games, mm-hmm. and they're staring down two and four right now. Yeah, that's well, that's that's one hundred percent right. They're they're staring down two and four, and they're and, and again, um, the way they're playing the road. What's to say that the, the Cardinals game is any oh. kind of guarantee of anything Can you right put now. any road game in the win column right now with the Broncos having lost 11 of 12 on the road? Realistically, you can't. No, no. And and that's the thing. So then you're turning around in a short week, and Josh Rosen having – I mean, he, he, played a, he, he played a pretty good game today. They, they got their first win. All four of the uh, top rookie quarterbacks all got wins today. Yep. And so, yeah, you're 100% right. There's no, there's no road win – that, that puts the Broncos in a position where they say, well, we, we can get this one. And so, 
uh, again, the things you can build on, again, as we're, we'll try not to be, you know, overly dramatic here, things you can build on is you're a good running team still. Uh, you, you decided not to do it this game, but you're, you're still a really good running team. Um, you, uh, you're, your wide receiver, one of your wide receiver ones, Demarius Thomas, uh, whether he's a wide receiver two or not, uh, he's he seems to be locked in back-to-back games where he's catching a high percentage of his targets. Emmanuel Sanders uh, caught nine of fourteen for seventy-two, not too shabby. I mean, he seemed to be able to be layout for it. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton got involved today, got three catches on Love three targets that. for forty-four yards. Love seeing that. Absolutely. We've only been calling for it pretty much every single day on the show. <laughs> well, the interesting thing there, like at least one of the catches he got because of his route. Yeah. Exactly what you expect from him. We talked about it coming in. He's a very good route runner, and he was able to run himself open, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Case Keenum found him. So you got all five receivers involved today, including Tim Patrick. So there's a positive. And then you know you can run the ball. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's a couple of things to build off of. And I was trying to find a positive for the defense, though, and it's just like, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that's going to be really tough. I mean, they they, they got one sack on uh, Sam Darnold. So only three Broncos uh, even hit Sam Darnold. You had Derek Wolf and Domata Pecco splitting the sack, and then Brandon Marshall got to Sam Darnold. So 23, was, 23 dropbacks yeah. and two ended with any kind of contact on Sam Darnold. Yeah, we, 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 we said nice things about the Jets' offensive line this week. I, I, I think we, we knew that there was a bit of a challenge there, but the Broncos were going to have to find a way. I mean, they were just going to simply have to find a way, and, and they really didn't. And now you're – you know, I, one thing I want to get to more on the defense before we maybe get to special teams is I, I want to talk for a moment about the cornerbacks because you once again have an injury to Adam Jones and um, – you're you're without Tremaine Brock still, and uh, Isaac Adam. I'm fi- I'm fine letting him play. I mean, at this point, I'm 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 fine letting him play. I I think that you you still you're back to where we were for the last couple of weeks at, at cornerback Mace. What do you do? Bradley Roby right now is in the soup. Yep, he's in the soup. That's yeah. a perfect way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And his confidence level isn't going up anytime soon. No, and the thing is, I think Sam Darnold knew it. And that was one of the reasons why he and the Jets were challenging Bradley Roby with Robbie Anderson, who basically is a one-route guy. And that one route was enough to break the Broncos back in terms of pass defense. It was interesting, like, between the Jets running the ball and completing only 10 passes of 22 attempts but succeeding in the deep ball, that felt like a game plan right out of, say, 1985. Uh And it worked flawlessly. But Roby, this is concerning right now. Because teams are picking on him. And you were counting on him to be a shutdown guy, and he is getting picked on game after game. 100%, man. I don't know and what you do. So, so for the cornerbacks, I'm not exactly sure what you do right now. Um, it, I mean, you, you, you probably aren't going to make a trade. Maybe you, even if you bring in somebody off the street, there's, there's no guarantee that it, it fixes anything for you. But I, I'm severely concerned about their depth right now. And, and and again, as you mentioned, their number two guy, as you said, being in the soup. Uh, special teams, Colby Wadman. Uh, saw some good, saw some mm-hmm. bad. What did you think? I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And there was a 51-yard return by Andre Roberts. You can't have that. I don't think that was that much on Colby Wadman's punt, however. You would have liked to have seen some more distance at times, but 
for a, a guy making his debut. And look, he hasn't even kicked in the preseason, let alone the regular season. It wasn't abject. He'll want to do better, but it wasn't to the point where you're saying, oh my gosh, we have to move on from him and find another punter. No. Oh, no, no, not at all. I, I, I wasn't thinking that at all. Yeah. Um, there were some, some know, on Twitter as, were some of the armchair yeah, no, coaches know, on Twitter people, were. People were freaking out. No, yeah. I, I, I didn't think so either. I, I, I thought we saw enough from him that uh, you just you just said, okay, well, for a first game, there's some things to learn on. He had a 57 yard punt, and this again, you're right, it came back 51 yards. Yeah. But you know, he sh- showed showed some promise with his leg. I mean, it was a busy, busy day. Eight punts on oh. the day for him, averaging 41.8, as you pointed out. That's a a busy day for a for a, a guy making his debut in the NFL. Most of that work came in the second and third quarters when after the Broncos had their touchdown hitting Cortland Sutton, after that their drives went punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 punt. And during that stretch, the Jets turned a 7 nothing deficit into a 34-3 run. Just awful. I mean, yeah, okay, there were no turnovers in that span, but that's dreadful. Yeah. Nope. That's, uh, that's 100%, man. So, like I said, uh, so, some, I mean, tomorrow when we, we have our thrower hat moments and <laughs> there'll be a lot, a lot of, of them. those, obviously, and tip our cap moments, uh, but I, 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 I still look at, at some of the things they're doing, and I just, I, I realize you you definitely have some paths to at least on the offensive side of the ball to being able to move the ball even against the Rams who are formidable no doubt about it. Um, look, Seattle Seattle went after them today. They they weren't they weren't afraid of, of the uh, L A Rams now and again that was up in Seattle which is always historically a tough place to play but they put 31 points up on the Rams and you know the Vikings were able to move the ball against them last week. Uh, on that Thursday night football, that kind of a shootout, and that was in L.A. So, I mean, you can move the ball against the Marcus Peters can be burned. He's a very opportunistic cornerback, but he doesn't always make the best decisions. But, again, you're going to have to stay committed to what makes you a good team. And then, meanwhile, on the defensive side of the ball, Mace, um, that that's where I, I don't really know right now. I, I mean, I really – I mean, if you can stop Todd Gurley, <laughs> which, of course, you want to – uh, can you, and look, uh, Cooks and Cup got banged up, so that'll be interesting to kind of see for them. But I mean, what? How do you stop it all? Sean McVay is going to have a field day with this defense if they play like this. Yeah, it, it's scary to think about what might happen if the Broncos might fix things. You did mention though that perhaps you can uh, do some things against the Rams. Perhaps you can run on them. Seattle today, in losing, had 190 yards on 32 yep. attempts. 5.9 yards per carry. And that right. bring, that brings me back to my point. I know it's your point as well. Run the football. It is what you do best. And don't go away from it just because you have some occasional frustrating moments early. Play the long game. Run the football. Trust your game plan. Trust the guys that are doing what they do better than anyone else on the team right now, which is uh, the offensive line in run blocking and then Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay in the backfield, right? If the Broncos are going to get out of this, that's what's going to get them there. 100%. That's, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's, that's a good thing for the Broncos too. I mean, just a reminder that we're talking about a couple of rookies 
that we thought maybe by mid-season, hopefully, you know, you'd see some production coming from uh, the any of them. You know, we you, you sort of had projections about what uh, they could be, and and we thought maybe Devontae Booker could you know be the second guy, but uh, you know, Royce Freeman would probably be the starter. Phil Lindsay would be a more of a scat back. Phil Lindsay's been tremendous. I mean, he, he running between the tackles. I mean, where, wherever you need him to to run, he he's been great. So uh, that. You can run. You can run on the Rams. You're proving that. And if you make enough timely passes, and again, reminder that uh, Russell Wilson in that passing game has not been special at all this season. Nope. But they made enough passes. Look, Tyler Lockett led the team with three receptions for 98 yards, and he had that deep touchdown. I mean, it, you make the right timely passes, and, and you can do a lot of things. So, something to keep in mind for uh, for the Broncos. I, I know everybody's going to be saying people were tweeting at me. Well, this is a loss coming up. They're going to be you know, four straight losses. And I was like, well, you know, maybe, just maybe. And the NFL is kind of weird like this. Maybe the Broncos will look at this as the, um, you know, almost like Green Bay Packers. When the Packers came to town and everybody was, you know, talking about how the Green Bay Packers were to come to town and they defensively, offensively played a, a perfect game. And and you, you kind of left that game going, wow, Aaron Rodgers is human. And the Packers are not a very good team. The other thing that I think could help the Broncos is if they regard today as a cleansing moment. Yes. They hit the reset button on what they think they are, what their expectations are, and adapt to what the new reality is. The new reality is that this defense is not like the defenses of 2015 and 2016. But the new reality is also that this team has the ability to control the game on the ground offensively. And if you can do that, then you can shorten the game. You can put your defense under less duress. You can have them on the field less. You can control the pace of the game and ensure the defense, instead of having to be out there for 12 or 13 possessions, only has to be out there for 8 or 9 if you can mount some steady drives with that running game. I think you have to adjust to the notion that you're going to have to try to win games in a different fashion than you did in 2015 and 2016. And if you can face that, accept that, and then adjust, you can still save this season. At 2-3, and three, you are far from out of it. I know everyone is panicking. I know the sky is falling for a lot of people. But at 2-3 and three, and with a fairly benign schedule once you get past this month, Working in November and December, you can get out of this if you focus on what you do best. Completely agree, and that's and that's going to be the focus this week. There might be some coaching changes, change, who knows? But uh, the focus should be this week that you know, let's let sort of like let's shock the world kind of thing. You know, everybody thinks you know they're probably going to be a double digit underdog in this one, and uh, let's let's show everybody what we what we are capable of. And, and I think that that could kind of rally the team a little bit. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if that rallies the rallies everybody around that notion, and they they come out and play a, a good game against the Rams. Now is that enough to win? I don't know. But but the Rams are flying high five and zero right now, um, and they they just played a really tough game up in Seattle that they had to, to kind of hang on to. Uh, they actually had to come back and and, and get that one. So. Who knows? I, I, I'm I'm not going to be. I mean, it, it, you got to accept the loss, the loss that you just had. But then there's a, a point where you can move on and say, "All right, 
what are you made of? And that's what I'm excited to see what the Broncos could possibly do. Yep, they're 5-0, and but there may be a window for the Broncos to kind of steal one and show that, okay, this team can be different than last year. Right now, I think a lot of people are hearing the echoes of 2017 in their ears, and it's understandable because this team's on a three-game skid. Last year's team was on an eight-game skid. I get that, but at the same time, there's a chance for them to change that narrative, and the best chance is going to be next Sunday against the unbeaten Rams. Appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, always enjoy it. Uh, look forward to uh, breaking it down with you tomorrow on uh, first and 10 at 10. Yep, we'll, we'll be on 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Orange and Blue 760 every weekday this week, so join us. Just because the results aren't what you want doesn't mean our show is melancholy. We'll keep it light, have some fun, and talk about how the Broncos maybe can get out of this funk they're in right now. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. We'll talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.